From Washington, this is the CQ Budget Podcast, your leading Capitol Hill source on how Congress allocates federal taxpayer dollars. I'm David Lerman, your budget tracker. And I'm Jennifer Shep, budget and appropriations reporter. And this week, we are going to be talking about the new unemployment numbers that came out last Friday. They were pretty surprising to most economists, and they indicate that the economy is rebounding much faster than most people expected. And that has led a lot of Republicans to say or indicate that they want to slow things down um, even more than they have already slowed things down on negotiations over another aid package to address the COVID-19 pandemic. So David, can you walk us through these numbers a little bit and give us a sense of you know, what they say about the country's economy right now? Yeah, this was a real shocker. I mean, nobody saw this coming. All the economists were projecting even higher unemployment approaching the levels of the Great Depression, you know, 20, 25% unemployment. And that's not what we saw at all in these Labor Department numbers, which had everybody almost baffled here. We saw instead a very modest decline in unemployment, which no one really expected. We saw two and a half million jobs gained in the, in, in the month of May, instead of losing like more than 10 million jobs that some people were forecasting. And so the unemployment rate actually dipped from about 14.7% to 13.3%, according to the Labor Department, which was just so stunning. And so immediately what we saw were a bunch of comments from Republicans kind of claiming victory here, saying, aha, the economy's turning around. See, we were right. You don't need to jump into a new aid package. That's going to give them some fresh ammunition here to slow down on negotiating a new aid package. They were very careful in not trying to claim that we don't need any more aid. They didn't say that, but it does suggest they're going to be pushing for a much smaller size package than certainly what Democrats are hoping to to pass. And we did hear from President Donald Trump on Friday. He held sort of a rose garden, almost victory lap. I think it would probably be safe to say, you know, touting these these numbers and sort of rallying his core supporters obviously is an election year. So there's going to be a lot of sort of pep rally type events that are held for his reelection. But one thing that he really did not mention, and it seems like the White House doesn't want to address, is African-American unemployment, which increased from 16.7% to 16.8% really not good indications, um, you know, for African-Americans. And it doesn't sound like in any of the comments I've heard from Republicans or proposals I've seen from the White House that there's any plans to address African-American unemployment specifically. Not directly that we know of, no. And of course, African-American unemployment always runs higher than white unemployment. Um, But the fact that it actually increased very slightly instead of dipping was another bad sign here. And so that Democrats will, I'm sure, want to try to target that more directly, too. And that, that may be another battle as well. And Trump, even as, as he was hailing these jobs numbers overall, did say that he was envisioning what he called another stimulus package. He's not ruling out more aid, but he is suggesting that it needs to be very targeted and there's only certain things he's interested in, particularly a payroll tax cut. 
that's his big priority, which has not gone over well with Congress. Seems like that might be a really um, sort of uphill climb for the Trump administration. A lot of Republicans have said that's not the way to go and that they don't support that. Um, in addition to most Democrats not supporting that. So I've been a little bit surprised, honestly, that getting, even after they've gotten all this negative feedback from lawmakers on the Hill, that they continue to constantly bring up the payroll tax cut. Yeah, Trump seems high on that and won't let it go. So there's going to be another push for that, for sure. What he's not bringing up, most notably, is aid to state and local governments. And that's a top priority of Democrats because state and local government budgets have just been decimated by this economic shutdown. They're facing huge budget shortfalls. They're talking about having to lay off or furlough all of these city workers, police and fire, and they still need help, or they say they need help. And there's not much sympathy for that from Republicans, uh, mostly because they think a lot of states are poorly run and they don't want to reward bad behavior. So that's still a major flashpoint that is yet to be solved. And, you know, you have, Trump is, is looking at small bore things like deductions for restaurants and entertainment expenses and that kind of, but not the big sweeping aid the Democrats want to see, which includes extending unemployment benefits. And that is going to be one of the really big fights that takes place in the next you know month or so as those expanded unemployment insurance benefits are set to sunset at the end of July. And one of the things that I found pretty interesting over the weekend is that National Economic Council Director Larry Kudlow was saying that that's one of the things that he thinks the Trump administration might take a look at. So let's take a listen to what he said on Full Court Press with Greta Van Susteren. Regarding direct assistance, you know, we'll see. We'll see what the economy looks like. Uh, we'll probably have to reform the unemployment insurance a bit, but we may help people or induce them to come back to work. So it's all in the mix right now. And another thing I will note from that interview over the weekend is that Kudlow did say that negotiations on the next aid package probably won't start until after the 4th of July. So it sounds like, you know, there are still some sort of conversations in the background between he, Trump administration officials, and congressional leaders. But it sounds like they really don't expect actual negotiations to get going until July. And then, of course, there's not that many weeks in July that Congress is scheduled to be in session. And then both chambers are set to be out for that August recess. If they can't get to some sort of conclusion by mid-July, that really doesn't give them a whole lot of time to draft legislation let their members look it over and vote on it before both chambers are scheduled to head out of town. Another thing I will know about the House's schedule is that it is already packed for July. House Majority Leader Steny Hoyer, a Democrat of Maryland, has said that he wants you know all 12 of the spending bills on the floor. The Annual Defense Authorization Act is going to be on the floor. House Democrats have unveiled sweeping legislation today to address police brutality and systemic racism. That will probably be on the floor before July, but there could be, you know, other smaller pieces of legislation after the sweeping House Democrats bill that get brought up. And so really the timeline here for this summer for another aid package is pretty tight. It is. And so it's going to be a very busy July. There is 
sort of a a trigger point though is is that these unemployment benefits this extra $600 a week people get which is substantial ends at the end of July so if they don't act by then you'll have this sudden cutoff of unemployment which republicans may welcome but democrats certainly won't and that's going to f- that may force some kind of deal to be made by the end of July it's going to take a lot of late night bargaining sessions to get there but that may force a decision by the end of July, but because Republicans had said they, they envisioned something passing before the August recess. Although now that these positive job numbers have come out, they may not mind waiting even longer. But another thing to sort of think about is as you get into September, um, the elections will be right around the corner. And I think that might make it even more complicated for both Republicans and Democrats on the Hill to make concessions about what they want in this next aid package and to really be able to give a little and get a little, um, which is, of course, the only way you actually get bipartisan agreement on legislation, especially a package that's expected to be as large and as important as another one to address the pandemic. And certainly what's abundantly clear now is, you know, just a month ago, House Democrats pushed through their own aid package of three and a half trillion dollars, it would have been the largest aid package yet. And Republicans had already said that was going nowhere. But now with these jobs numbers, it's really going nowhere because (laughs) now Republicans have even more ammunition to slow down and they're clearly going to shoot for a much smaller package. Uh, I suspect it would even be smaller than the $2 trillion package that passed in March. This will be much smaller now and and probably have to be more targeted. But to get a bipartisan deal together, there's going to have to be, you know, you're going to see a lot of give and take there and the numbers could grow a little, we'll have to see. But clearly this, I mean, there's, there's no question these jobs numbers were stunning. The question really now is do they hold or is this just a brief momentary little spurt and then the economy starts plunging again. You know, all it might take is is a second wave of this COVID crisis to force more shutdowns again and send the economy tanking again. So who knows? I mean, it, the situation is going to be so fluid, I think, month to month, that I think it's going to be hard for Congress to even keep up with all this and, and figure out when aid is needed most and, you know, when. The timing is very tricky. That's, I guess, what we're facing now. It's looking more like a relatively quiet June, uh, and then all bets are off for July because they'll have to uh, push the pedal to the metal to try to get a deal done if they want something uh, before the August recess. And, and, and now there's a real tug of war over how big this thing needs to be. That's how it looks right now. It does it for us today. If you have any questions or comments about our podcast, we'd love to hear from you. You can drop us an email. The address is cqpodcast, one word, at cqrollcall.com. The CQ Budget Podcast is produced by CQ Roll Call, a leader in nonpartisan political and policy news and analysis for more than 70 years. CQ Roll Call is part of Fiscal Note, a global technology and media company. Thank you all for listening. I'm David Lerman, your budget tracker. And I'm Jennifer Shep, budget and appropriations reporter. You can always stay up to date by subscribing to the CQ Budget Newsletter. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, NPR One, or just Google the phrase CQ Budget Podcast. And we'll be back next week.